welcome to Sea Road Community Podcast. Today we have this incredible opportunity to meet one of our international missionaries, Alan and Sherry Stevens. They are serving with Global Partners in Albania. Hello, Alan and Sherry. Hello. So nice to connect with you. And um, I know there's a time difference. So can you tell us what time is it there? It is 20 to 8 in the evening, six-hour time difference. Six-hour time difference. Well, we so appreciate you fitting this in and spending some time with us. We're excited to get to know you. Um, As I was sharing before we started recording, I did a little bit of research about Albania just because I don't know much about the geography, Um, but it is located in southeastern Europe. It's along the Balkan Peninsula. And I'm curious, what's the weather like? What's the weather like in Albania? Winters are are cold and wet, uh, but but rarely... Yeah, rarely ever below freezing. So not um, many, not many snowstorms. <laughs> not no. many snowstorms, no. But okay. it, it does get cold, and uh, some nights go below freezing. You might have one or two uh, nights during the year when your water freezes up because the pipes are on the outside of buildings, mm-hmm. and um, and the buildings are made of cement and concrete, or cement is concrete, but uh, <laughs> brick and concrete, and um, so they do absorb the cold and hold it and then summers are very hot and humid yeah hot and humid well it it minus the snow it sounds a lot like Ontario (laughs) so our summers are very hot and humid and it does um, definitely get below freezing here but um, again we're just excited to have the chance to get to know you and so we want to just start right off by just asking you who you are and um, tell us a little bit about your family, um, how the two of you met, maybe give us a little scoop into your love story. Um, And then of course, (laughs) we'd love to um, just know a little bit about your journey with Jesus. So I'll just turn it over to you and let you fill us in. Okay, I have a tendency to talk more, and Sherry actually just pointed at me like, you go first, but uh, <laughs> ladies first, so Sherry, go ahead. Yeah, so gentlemanly. <laughs> okay, well, I was born in a, a Christian family, and there were six kids, and so always had family members to play with and things to do, and we, we all went to a Christian school. And of course, we were faithful and going to church. And so I was saved at an early age in life and then also went to a Christian college and became a teacher. And then I taught fifth grade at a Christian school for eight years. And then God said that it's time for you to go to uh, do something else. And, and I had been on several different missions trips to Albania and then also to Kosovo. And God made it my heart's desire to return to Kosovo, which where my sister was and is, and um, spent almost five years there before I moved to Albania, which is the same ethnic group. Uh, Kosovo is ethnic Albania. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it was here at a conference 
that I met Alan and I was with a, a, a Baptist organization. And then when I met Alan, um, after we got married, then it automatically switched over to global partners. <laughs> so great. And I, uh, I grew up in Nova Scotia in New Brunswick and my dad was a Wesleyan pastor. So I grew up in a Christian home also with uh, six kids in our house like Sherry had six in her house and uh, unlike Sherry I went to a public school and it was in a grade nine class uh, that I first heard about Albania and the teacher was talking about how communist and repressive it was at that time and uh, it stuck in my head and then through the years as I heard different things about Albania I was always interested to hear uh, in 1991 or 90, uh, end of 1991, Albania opened up and communism fell in 91. And I considered at that time whether I should come to Albania, but didn't feel like the Lord was directing me that way and instead went to Hepzibah Children's Home, which was down in Macon, Georgia, a children's home run by the Wesleyan Church, and spent several years there until about 2002 when I started to feel like my time here is coming to a close. I didn't really know what was next or wasn't even sure of that feeling, but just kind of had that growing feeling. And as I prayed and uh, thought about it, a number of things started coming together saying, go to Albania. Um, so I'm a skeptic and it took me a while to be convinced that that was actually God speaking. Uh, but in the end I was and came here and then as Sherry said, we met over here and uh, got married in her home state or her home church, which was in uh, Lafayette, Indiana, and uh, came back here together. And here we are. And here you are. Well, that and is it's been 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, 11 years. And you have another member of your family. You have a son. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Yes, we call him JD for John Douglas, and he's he's almost nine. Next week is his birthday, and uh, he's in fourth grade, and he's big for his age, so he's twice as big as kids his own age, it seems here, and he, he loves American football. What's his favorite team? He likes the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh my goodness. Our youth pastor, his name is Daniel, is going to be thrilled to listen to that because that is his favorite team. So um, <laughs> he'll be so excited to hear that news. Um, Great. So cool. Well, I just wondered, is there anything um, uh, unique or um, uh, maybe a little bit unusual that you've encountered in Albania? Like I'm just... I'm wondering about the culture there, um, some of the differences, um, some of the similarities. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it is like to live in Albania? I think Albanians, uh, once they get to know you, are quite friendly. And if you show up as, as a stranger at their house, they will uh, treat you with respect and offer you something to drink or something to eat. Um, but uh, that's very surface and uh, it takes quite a while to um, to really win their confidence and to get to know them and to uh, 
develop a close relationship. Um, if you meet them on the street, often, especially if it's a man passing a lady on the street, if even if they know each other, they may not acknowledge each other or uh, just politely and briefly. And um, so in some ways it's harder to get to know people. Um, also, there are a few little oddities, like sometimes when they say no, they'll just kind of suck their teeth and, and toss their head upwards, which kind of looks like a yes. Um, and sometimes when they're saying yes, they'll kind of waggle their head, which looks like no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that is unique. <laughs> yeah. So like it's more of a, like a, a gesture, a greeting gesture. Uh, no, it's, it's oh. a yes. If you ask a yes or no question in the oh. in answer, yes, yes or no, or no instead, of saying, okay. instead of saying the word, they may waggle their head from side to side, which looks like, okay, it's going side to side. That's a uh, no, but they mean yes. And, oh, okay. and then the other, they, they toss their head up, which is, of course, their head comes back down. So it looks like a nod. Yes, but it's, uh, it's a no. So is it, have you mastered the art of um, understanding those, <laughs> those gestures? I think so. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That could be a little confusing, but, but very interesting. Um, is there, is there something about the culture that might be a little bit different that um, you find beauty in or um, just really enjoy about um, Albania opposed to maybe Canada or the U.S.? Uh, right here in our city, one of the things that I really like um, is that there are all kinds of little shops around us, little mom and pop shops. Uh, supermarkets were pretty much unknown when I got to Albania, which was back in 2005. Uh, now we have one at the end of our street. Um, and still, there are a lot of little shops. I wonder really how they survive. Um, but you don't have to go far to get your bread or your milk or your coffee or whatever. And there are all kinds of coffee shops. I think maybe Albanians have more coffee shops per capita than any country in the world. Oh, that's very interesting. I'm a huge coffee fan, so I can appreciate that. But <laughs> do you guys drink coffee or are you tea? Or uh, <laughs> I don't drink either tea or coffee generally. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Unless I'm on a visit and that's what they serve. And I don't generally drink them at home, but part of my ministry is going to coffee shops right. to meet people. So um, I do drink, generally they serve espresso, which mm -hmm. uh, really doesn't, uh, react well with my body and, um, but every once in a while I will have some fortunately mm -hmm. some of the uh, most all of the shops will also offer tea um, like a chamomile tea and um, so I have that instead sometimes and most of the the coffee shops are for men so oh, really? That's it's not, women don't usually go to coffee unless you're in the city or something more in town. So um, I, I kind of hear you guys um, expressing that there's a very, is it very gender separate culture? So like, yes. are there, are there, um, because um, if I understand correctly, it's a very strong Muslim um, population in Albania. So is that, representative because of that or um 
or is it just kind of part of the culture to have the gender gender separation? I'm pointing at my wife and trying to get her to talk. (laughs) It's definitely male dominant. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably it did come from the the Muslims, the Turks that took over Albania. Mm -hmm. And, um, but as being, being strong Muslim, most of the people here are not, I wouldn't consider strong Muslim. They'll say they're Muslim, mm-hmm. but they don't go to the mosque or anything. And so they don't say prayers five times a day. So there wouldn't be any like um, clothing requirements. Like you wouldn't have to wear a scarf over your head or anything like that um, in your area. Very few people. Very few do. People. Very few people too. In our area. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. I'm just always so intrigued by what it's like to live someplace else and just the, the differences and the things that, um, um, that make you pay attention when you've grown up in North America. So You'll have to come for a visit. <laughs> oh, well, I would love that. I would love that. Um, I mentioned that I, I um, have always wanted to go to Greece. And so I hear that Greece is a little bit of a distance, but a bordering country. So... Maybe right. we'll have to do both. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a multitasked trip. It's yeah. amazing. So I just also um, wanted to, we've heard a little bit about Albania and about your family. And I just, I wanted to ask, um, you touched on it a little, uh, but about your decision, you both were drawn to Albania separately and then you became a family there. Um, but what was, was there a specific process um, of how God called you, um, either one of you or both of you? Um, like what, uh, Alan, you mentioned that you were a bit skeptical if it was really God <laughs> telling you. I, I'd love for you to tell us maybe a little bit more about how God called you there. Well, uh, from the time I was a kid, I guess I had an interest in missions and uh, wanted to uh, be a missionary. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to do that full time or whatever, but I thought that would be uh, something I'd be interested in. And uh, so because I had that personal desire, I wasn't sure if it was really God's desire. And, um, and like I said, I, I am skeptical by nature and uh, second guess things and so on. So uh, it did take me a while and some very patient people at headquarters uh, mm-hmm. to get on board. Actually, when I uh, was invited first to headquarters, it was to a meeting of people who would be going to Albania and, uh, and others. And uh, we were, I was invited, even though I hadn't decided for sure that I should go. And while I was there, we were introducing ourselves and saying where we were going. And of course I hadn't decided to go anywhere. So I, uh, thought I'd say my name's Alan Stevens and I'm considering service in Albania and after the meeting when we got in small groups uh, somebody said I was surprised to hear you say that you're going to Albania (laughs) and I said I didn't know I did and somebody else said yes you did (laughs) (laughs) so that kind of uh, really hit me and uh, so anyway I've been doing a lot of praying and so on and uh, like Lord how do I really know and in the uh, hallway of the building where we were meeting, there was a scripture on the wall that said, I will, uh, something like, I will instruct you and lead you in the way that you should go. And when I saw that, I just kind of felt like God was saying, 
you know, you're seeking me. I'm not going to let you make a mistake. So I signed up. I love it. How about you, Sherry? For me, I had wanted to be a teacher since I was in third grade. And then here I was a teacher in Lafayette, Indiana for eight years. I loved teaching fifth grade. And I found myself saying, okay, now what's next, God? And I, I said, what? What are you? Why are you thinking that way? Um, and I had, I had never wanted to be a missionary because I didn't want to learn a different language and be out of my comfort zone and eat things that you don't want to eat and stuff like that. And uh, so, um, but in the summer, I would go on different missions trips. Actually, um, I said, God, you know, if you want me to, if you want me to go on a missions trip or something, just make it possible for me to go. And the very next day, uh, my sister called and said, hey, I'm going to these three different places, Albania included in them. Uh, would you do you want to go with me on this missions trip? And she was going to visit different orphanages. And so I said, sure. And I couldn't go on all of them. Only Albania was the, the one month that I could make it as a teacher. And um, so I, I didn't feel called to be missionary then. But then that kept me going then. Um, pretty much summer after summer um, on, with missions teams and with uh, Cedarville University, where I graduated from, they asked me to lead some teams. And then my sister lived in Albania and then she moved to Kosovo. And so I kept taking teams there. And then just one year, it was it was the first year in Kosovo that I took a, a team. I, I just fell in love with the kids and the people and um I just, it was then my desire, like God had changed the desire of my heart to, to become a missionary and to work with kids and in other countries. So that's when I said, okay, God, and then came back and, and raised support for a year and then went to the field. And then he brought you Alan and his <laughs> history. <laughs> and then uh, JD and what a beautiful story. I love that um, in both of your stories, God is is pursuing you specifically. And then he just so, so um, wisely brought you together. And it's just such a, just an inspiring thing to hear because sometimes as we navigate what God wants us to do, we do experience those doubts. And so um so great that you can hear the story of you guys listening and really um, taking the risk and taking the step forward. And, and then he just blessed you with a beautiful family. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, he has blessed me, blessed us. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess my, my next question is, um, so what is currently um, most exciting for you? Um, uh, the ministries that you're involved in. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about some of the projects that you have going um, in Albania right now. There's a, a mixture of things going on right now. One is that the Lagos Hope, uh, don't know if you've heard of that ship, it's with Operation Mobilization, a Christian mission organization that the ship goes around the world and stops at different ports and does evangelism and so on. And they are uh, coming here 
quite soon, and uh, we expect to be involved in that a little bit. But day-to-day uh, -day general, um, I'm involved in a prison ministry with a, an Albanian group of Christians that go into the prisons. And I go once a week and um, meet with men who have already been through a uh, introduction to the gospel program. Some of them have expressed belief and others not. And, uh, and we talk about the Bible and uh, have a little snack with them. And we do that once a week. Uh, there are two meetings a week. The first one I'm not part of, just the second one. And heard about two weeks ago that in the first meeting, a guy that also comes to the second meeting uh, had accepted the Lord. So that was encouraging. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then there was a very encouraging uh, salvation back about two years ago. But I, in the sake of time, I guess I won't get into that. But um, also, Sherry does a lot of kids ministry. I'll let her talk more about that. I go, as I said, to the uh, coffee shops to try to find men who are interested in talking about um, spiritual things. Uh, not uh, a huge percentage of men are, uh, but you do find some and uh, have opportunities to share the gospel in those settings. And um, being a teacher, I love kids. So I love to have different kids ministries in our home. Sometimes we do English classes. Um, sometimes uh, on Sundays, we try to do have a Bible time for kids and also games. Mm -hmm. And this summer, it was interesting because kids started coming like in the evening around five. And so we would just play with a bunch of neighborhood kids from five to six, uh, like do a dodgeball type game or something, or hide and go seek or something mm -hmm. like that in our yard, which kind of grew and became bigger and bigger as more, more kids joined. But that was fun. And just like yesterday, a boy showed up who had come to English, I think, and just stayed for an hour and talked. And, you know, it was just, we want them to know that we love them and that they're welcome in our home. And um, so anyhow, uh, we're, we definitely want to see them come to Christ and their families, but I have more, more access to the kids as opposed to the, the parents. Um, I'm also excited about um, some of the outreaches we're, we're trying to do at our, at the church. Um, Hope Church is what we call it, Quiche Expresses. And right now we just started English conversation classes with anybody who uh, wants to work on the English they have learned, because most people learn English in school, uh, but don't have a chance to practice it with somebody who's uh, an English speaker. And um, our desire is to get people in the neighborhood of the community or the church to come and, and then kind of reach out to the, to the neighbors. And we want to do some other activities too with the commun church community. We do, Sherry mentioned the church. We have a meeting on Sundays at a building that World Hope bought for us several years ago. And um, there are not a lot of people that come, but there are a handful that are pretty faithful. And um, just about, what would it be, three weeks ago now? 
we had uh, one of the children that we've worked with for years um, be baptized. And so that oh. was quite exciting. Oh, I love that. Um, so Sherry, you're speaking my language because I love children as well. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's just those simple things that kind of break the ice and build relationship like a game of dodgeball or a conversation about Pokemon or <laughs> some kind of trend that's happening that can really um, build connection. A mom that I had taught English to several years back came to me and she lives just a couple streets over and said, would you be willing to teach my kids uh, English and they'll bring a couple of other kids with them? Well, they're all Muslim and two of the girls that come are covered, which is right. rare. You don't see very many covered people mm. in our area. And um, they're, they're more serious practicing Muslims. So one of them or the two girls that were covered, their father is uh, working toward becoming an imam and he's out of the country. And the other two that were coming their uncle is going out of the country to Saudi Arabia right? Right, to, in order to become an imam. And Albania is a, it's a, a hard ground. People aren't really open to believing. Most people, well, you know, Albania was communist and atheist communist for um, years. And uh, so the, that wiped out, I think, a lot of the religious belief in the country. Most everybody would say there is a God, and they feel like that's enough to, to uh, satisfy this God, uh, whoever he may be. And they think it's also a very peaceful statement because um, it kind of implies that whether you're Muslim or Christian or whatever, uh, it's the same God, and so we don't need to fight about things. And they really don't get deep into their religion. And uh, many people, I think, again, because of the communist background, don't believe that there's life after death. And so, you know, if there is a God and he's angry with us, um, it's not the idea, well, I'll be sent to hell. It's more like something bad might happen to me here. Um, oh. And there's a lot of superstition here as well. And uh, using amulets to ward off uh, bad things. Um, a lot of homes will have some kind of a doll or something affixed to them to uh, ward off evil. Um, and some children have little amulets that their parents have put on them under their clothes to protect them. Wow, very interesting. Very interesting. Well, this is the time of our podcast that through this series of highlighting what God is doing um, internationally, we've been asking a little fun flare question. And so um, the question is, if you had to swim in a pool filled with something other than water, what would you choose to swim in? Yeah, I saw this question just uh, maybe about three hours ago on my phone. What would I want to swim in? Not Kool-Aid, that's too sticky. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> Somebody said jello, and I was like, ooh, I don't know, that might be sticky too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought, well, it might be uh just those uh like the kids have at McDonald's or whatever, the pits with all the balls in them. Yeah. That they can jump around in. 
Yeah, of course, you go right fun. to the bottom. You, you can't can't really right, swim in those. You can't really swim in them, and you would go right to the bottom, but you can still breathe, I think. Yeah, <laughs> well, that would be very important and, and still very fun. So how about you, Sherry? Well, because I need to swim in this, whatever it is, I thought, well, I bet I have to choose something liquid. So I thought, well, maybe, even though it would be sticky, I might be able to swallow it, though. I mean, it, I mean, you might as well swim in something you can drink, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it can't be water. Yeah. I was thinking maybe lemonade oh. or iced tea. <laughs> yeah, something that's multifunctional. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for participating with this, um, our fun question. Um, I guess now we're just um, wanting to know how we can partner with you um, in prayer. What are some things that we can be praying for you um, here in Ontario? Um, I send out a, well, generally each week I send out one prayer request um, mm -hmm. toward the beginning of the week. And if anybody's interested in that, they can just email me at A-L-L-A-N-261, that's Alan261, at Juno.com, J-U-N-O.com. And I can add them to that list. Uh, in general, though, uh, pray that we would be able to get a group together. We, we have different believers through the years that um, have been part of our group. And they've either left the country or left the city or whatever, or just left us for whatever reason. And we have not been able to establish a group that will uh, be cohesive and keep on going when we leave. We've had a number of missionaries here over the years, too. And we've noticed that when the missionary leaves, the people they connected with also leave. And uh, that's not a healthy situation. Mm -hmm. And so that the people we have would connect with one another and not with just the missionary. Right. And also you can be praying for um, kind of a mentorship slash discipleship program, I guess, that we just are starting with our team. We've each chosen some people in the church that we want to, to come alongside with more on a regular basis. And you can pray that that goes well and that that people are open to being mentored and discipled. Definitely. Those are some great things that we can um, easily add to our, our prayer time. Um, you mentioned that we can email you for some updated specific prayer requests, but um, if people want to stay connected to you um, in some way, um, what is the best way for them to begin doing that? Well, I guess, again, they could send an email and we send out a quarterly newsletter okay. um, and uh, we could send one to your church if you would like, or mm -hmm. um, oftentimes those get to the pastor's desk and maybe not a whole lot further. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. um, we do send that out. And like I said, the, the weekly uh, requests beyond that, um, I don't really know if they want to reach out some way um they can find us on facebook both sherry and i have facebook accounts and uh, we can but if they want to to get the a newsletter and it or if they want to get a, a prayer request each week then they can email alan 
mm-hmm. at A-L-L-A-N-261 at J-U-N-O.com. And he can sign, put them in the, in the group to receive a newsletter and or the weekly prayer request if they want. Perfect. Perfect. So C-Roaders, I will be including um, that email address in the notes of our podcast today, as well as we'll include um, that information at, on our website at croad.ca. Um, so it was so great to chat with you, to get to know you a little bit, um, Alan and Sherry, and we're just excited of how God is working in Albania. And we just hope that you are encouraged. And um, I'd love the opportunity to pray with you before we end our time together, if you don't mind. Okay, well, thank you, Desiree. It's been great to talk with you. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for the Stevens family. I thank you for Alan. I thank you for Sherry and for JD. God, I just pray that in this moment, you would fill their hearts with encouragement. Um, What beautiful things you are doing in Albania. Um, The culture is interesting. The culture and sometimes provides challenges. And so we just pray that you would, um, would encourage the Stevens to um, continue to, um, to show up. It sounds like um, relationship is the key here. And we know that that is true even here in North America. So would you continue to give them strength and energy? Would you put protection over them? And we do pray that you would bring a group of people that love you, um, that they would connect to one another, that they'd be able to develop this core of people that can point others to who you are, Jesus. We pray for this mentorship program um, within the church, that you would rise up people that would be willing to spend time um, with others and just to share faith, to live life together. God, we pray for the ministry in the jails. We pray for continued open hearts. We pray for these girls that have been learning English. um, And we pray that you would bring them back. We pray that you would um, just draw them back to you, despite if they know you yet, God, that you would continually be pursuing them. Again, we thank you for the Stevens and the opportunity to spend time with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Um, we look forward to um, keeping in contact. And Sea um, Roaders, if you like and subscribe or even share this podcast today to keep updated and how God is moving in our community, in our region, in our nation, and in our world. Mm-hmm.